Today's episode discusses mental health and suicide prevention. If you find this discussion upsetting or you feel you'd like more support with your mental health, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 or the Mental Health Hotline on 1800 011 511. And please go to our show notes where we have provided these links and more resources for your information. This is Seeds for Success, a show where we have a good yarn about ag life with producers who are having a go. On the show, you'll hear from farmers in New South Wales who are out there battling the elements, making tough calls and getting the job done. You'll get a laugh out of some of their stories and also pick up some know-how along the way. I'm your host, Narrily Brennan. Today, we're sitting down with Roz Patton. Roz and her husband, Jamie, own and manage a mixed farming operation near Condobolin, running sheep, cattle and cropping with the help of their two young sons. Roz is an active member of her community, volunteering a lot of her spare time, so it's no surprise that her full-time off-farm job is one that involves helping the community as a senior project officer for the Suicide Prevention Project. In this episode, Roz explains why she is so passionate about combating the stigma of mental illness in rural communities, where there is often apprehension around seeking help. Her hope is that mental illness be approached like any other medical issue, where we're able to talk about it openly and reach out to people around us to ask whether they are okay and assist them to get the help they need. You'll also hear Roz discuss the first steps in seeking help for yourself or for someone else. Local Land Services Natural Resource Management Officer Jasmine Wells interrupted Roz while she was mustering cattle to sit down, have a cool drink and record this chat. Rosie, our main topic today is around rural mental health and your role in suicide prevention. However, when I turned up today, you're mustering cattle and you're heading out to fix some fences. So it's safe to say you play a fairly active role on the farm. Can you give us a rundown on your day-to-day role out there with Jamie? James and I run a, we're, we operate as a partnership and we're north of Condobolin and we're a mixed farming enterprise. So we have cattle and sheep. We're running Merino and First Cross Bottle Esters. And we do a, a rotation of cropping dry land with uh, cereals being wheat and barley and oats. And we have a canola rotation in that. And we opportunity to do some irrigation over on a property at Brooklyn, where we've got a centre pivot over there. There's just the two of us. We've got two boys are in high school now. We run a, a tight ship together and really enjoy what we do. Brilliant. It's so good to see you out there on the land. And your role in mental health, you work full-time in that as well. So what is your role? I work with the National Suicide Prevention. It's a trial site program where the federal government and state health agencies identified nationally where there's been some higher incidence of suicide and suicidal ideation, which is behaviours that may lead to someone taking their life or attempting to take a life. So my role is to work within those communities identified in my region, which is the Weddonshire and Lachlanshire, and how we can work with place-based activities and training to support 
anyone and everyone as an individual to provide support as an information service to say there is help out there and try to find a pathway and a guide to, to work out what's the best fit for an individual because it's regional Australia is lacking for health services. There's a lot of outreach programs and services that come into a community, but you don't know where they are or what day they come or who to contact. So through our program, if we can assist one person at a time, that's a really great outcome. Yeah, absolutely. And so let's cut straight to what I think is probably the most important topic of today that I think people don't really know where to start. So can you tell us step by step, like there's been a problem identified and we'll get to that topic a little bit later too, but what happens once someone says, I need help or a friend of theirs is identified, friend or family is identified that they need help. What's that first step and then where to go from there? It doesn't really matter whether it's you feeling that way or you've identified someone close to you, whether it's a family member or a work colleague perhaps or a friend, is that A, you've identified it. So that's the first biggest step that you can see that someone needs assistance or you yourself may need assistance. So then talk to your GP, make an appointment. When you make the appointment, ask for a longer appointment time. That's really important so that you've got time to get comfortable with that GP so that you've got time to talk about how you're feeling or you may not be able to articulate it in words straight away at that first meeting but for them to understand that you need some help and I know that in our rural communities the wait time to see a GP can be considerable so there are some helplines and everyone goes oh the helpline you wait forever sometimes you do that's right But I can't recommend enough the mental health helpline in New South Wales. And the number for that is 1800 011 511. And when you call that line, you tell the operator where you are. So they'll actually put you through to a clinic close to you. So for, say for us in Condo or in Grenfell is the Orange Clinic. Will they have an understanding of what's happening locally as well? Yeah. So So they'll have a good understanding what people are going through and the stresses that they're facing at the time that could be those triggers? Certainly everyone's only as good as the person on the other end of the phone and I can't reiterate enough that if you're not comfortable with the person or you're not feeling a connection or then understanding try again hang up and try again to get a different operator or someone else that may be more aware of your circumstances because certainly the agricultural industry is a very specific industry and a lot of health practitioners and professionals aren't in the know what are the ins and outs of what's happening in agriculture. So just to be mindful of that, initially they may not be fully aware of what their needs are. So when you say just hang out or can you just say to the person you feel that they don't really understand where you're coming from? I know a lot of people probably won't be comfortable to do that, but just thinking of some of the men I know in the ag industry, they probably will just hang up. Yeah. But I think they're not confident that people are going to understand them. As a support service that just don't get what their needs are, but it's up to us as an industry and as advocates for the agricultural industry to bridge that gap and to educate our health professionals and practitioners what the needs and the impacts and the stresses on our fellow people in the ag industry and how to best support them from the get-go so that the first connection that someone has with the health service is a good one. And so 
that first connection besides the helpline, if they go to a doctor, any GP, you'll yep. be able to help them and have that initial conversation with That's them. That's it. So it's important to understand that or to be aware of, I should say, that you can present with your local general practitioner and ask for a mental health care plan. So the GP might say, oh, I don't have time to do that. But certainly the practice nurse that works at the GP clinic or if you're in, at the hospital, the nursing staff can help you fill that out and the GP can sign it off. And that in, then enables you to access a counselling service by Medicare, so it's free of charge, so that you can have a confidential conversation with a health professional about your needs and to sort of just spell it out what the impacts on your life are what your stresses are and find some really meaningful tangible strategies of how to manage how you're feeling so it's not as daunting as it seems we all have different limitations and what we find makes us anxious and certainly a conversation saying I'm not feeling great and I'm not in a great headspace takes a lot of courage but it's no different from us presenting at a hospital or talking to a colleague saying oh I've just rolled my ankle I need time to I agree I think we really need to normalize that it's a health issue just like any other broken arm or illness like you look at statistics and the mental health budget as such has been given a huge lift and within our sphere in suicide prevention there's actually a suicide prevention office being established within the federal government. There's been a generational shift about understanding that mental health needs are are true and real and can be spoken about and are equally as important even though you can't see that there's an illness or an ailing there it's no different to a broken bone or a graze. So when someone presents to an ED or to a GP, it has the exact same relevance and importance. And do you think that we're reducing that stigma a bit? I hope so. Me too. There's still a long road to go and there's so many fellow humans that need assistance. And there's a shortage like so many industries. We need more trained professionals and counsellors and psychologists in regional Australia. Just like so many other services and We've talked about this before about my question to you then was, do you think mental health is getting worse in the rural sector? And I was wondering whether access to opportunities to catch up with your mates has had an impact. We all used to go to a gymkhana once a month and there was polo cross and cricket and whereas those things seem to be a lot less and fewer and far between now. There's been such a huge change of how a family dynamic operates and how connectedness within a community has changed. Within a generation, we now have dual-income families, so both parents are working. The capacity to connect outside of a work setting, your time is limited, whereas perhaps 50 years ago, the reason to connect or the ability to connect, there's more time available because one or either of the partners may be working less, but that certainly put a huge impact on connection. But for any community organisation, I'm speaking from being on one of many community groups, insurance changed how we operate and people's desire to want to get involved because insurance in community groups and even this morning, like you said, Jim Carners, it gets really hard and it gets expensive and there's a lot of red tape and paperwork 
once upon a time didn't exist. Yeah, that's right. They've made it really hard just to try and have a good time. Absolutely. We need to prioritise to make time to make connections and gather. As humans, we do not operate well in isolation. COVID has certainly identified and exemplified. And it's been a rough decade for the ag industry, particularly in our region. We've come off the back of the worst drought ever. You mentioned where James and I are. We have rainfall records back from the 1890s for where we live. And 2018 was the second worst year ever in those records, only to 2019, which was worse. (laughs) So back to back. And then If you read The Land last week, you would have seen Condo broke a 140-year record for the Condo Ag Station site for the highest rainfall. There's variability in it. You're only as good as a a moment in time of where a, a rain gauge is. But the agricultural sector is so impacted by weather and commodity prices and so many influences outside of the control on the ground farmer every day. I just hope that through podcasts like this and through connections that we can have activities or training around conversations around mental health and making it an everyday conversation, that it's okay to be feeling the impacts of this industry and what's been thrown at you. How do we start that conversation, Roz? I did ask a few people, what would you like to hear in the podcast? And one of the questions that came up in various different ways was, how do I ask if someone's okay? And then how important is my response? Like, what response do I give? Like, if someone's not okay, or if I'm thinking they're not, they're indicating towards that, what do we do? Be genuine. I've mentioned that there's some helplines you can call, you can talk to your GP, but certainly through our project. Sorry, I mean, what's that initial? If I said to you, how are you going, Ros? And you're like, not that good. Prices down last week. How do I then continue engaging in that just to really draw that out of them? The best way is for them to reiterate to them that you've noticed a behavioural change, Mm -hmm. that you've noticed their language has changed, if that is pertinent to this particular situation, so that you're reinforcing to them that you have seen a behavioural change, that it's not like their ordinary behaviour and that you're concerned about them. Being genuine and then you may not at that time, have the knowledge to know, okay, I know that we've got a counsellor at the Condo Aboriginal Health Service, but as a way, tell them, please, can we together have a chat about what's worrying you? And if they're not wanting to do that, ask them, is there someone that they would feel comfortable talking to? And if you're in a crisis situation where you think that their behaviour may be more detrimental to themselves or others, go that next step and say, hey, can I take you to have a chat to the GP or do we need to go and present at the emergency department at the hospital so that we can have a conversation. Certainly that's in a crisis situation. But just to ask someone, are you okay, can absolutely change someone's life for the better. Mm -hmm. Because in many instances where I've had an interaction with people and you ask that question, the relief that someone's noticed that they're carrying all of this stress and burden and that someone's noticed changes their grab on the world. When you're caught up in a dark place, living with mental ill health, you get all consumed and you become very insular and less aware that there's other people around you and other resources available to you to help you. Be brave and ask that person, are you okay? And if you're really worried about them, 
ask straight up, are you thinking about suicide? So then it's clear, it's a yes or no answer. There's no middle ground to know exactly how they are tracking at that time. And what are the things you're looking out for? You mentioned a change in behaviour and language. Well, it can be anything. For example, your mates may stop turning up to footy training. They'll be late getting to a game. It might be that you've had a really strong book club and then suddenly one of your friends isn't turning up or finding excuses not Mm -hmm. to participate, becoming reclusive, secluding themselves, isolating themselves is a direct behavioural change. But also the language we use and tone and whether you see a a season ahead of us as, as prosperous or trying or bleak. But when you can tell that that's getting someone down, you know that it's a very, like that gut instinct, Mm -hmm. you'll know. Besides going to the GP or the helpline, if we do see someone, you know, we're noticing a little bit of a change, what can we do? Like I'm thinking you just sort of visit them or you stop in for a coffee, beer, whatever it is that you guys would normally do to get an excuse to see them a bit more or invite them over. Absolutely. Find a reason to make a connection and whether it's just a catch up at the school bus, you know that they'll be there to meet the kids off the bus at a certain time, get there just as they're putting them on, wheel in, like Mm -hmm. make yourself available and let them know that you're there for them. It may be that they're not ready to talk to you or you may not be the most, they might not feel comfortable with you and that's okay. It's about finding who they are comfortable with having a conversation about. But essentially just don't give up on someone. Let them know that they're cared for and they're important and what they feel is valid. I've heard comments that depression isn't enough to get help. I have asked around and they felt that they weren't taken that seriously. They thought that without having being suicidal, they just weren't getting the help that they really needed. What are your thoughts around that? It's really tricky. Every person's journey is individual. And again, it comes back to how we, within the health services and community services and as a small community member, support each other in that space. And certainly, like I said earlier, if if you're not feeling that you're getting the support or you're just not connecting with that provider or clinician, try again. And yeah, it's disappointing that when you present and you're not feeling that you're being validated for your needs. Especially when you're already a bit vulnerable. We talk about a mental health continuum. So when you're in good mental health, everything's going along well. And then when you're in mental ill health, Things are quite really dire and there's a, a medical intervention for you. And certainly we rack it around in that space, whether there may be a, a loss in the family, you may lose a pet, there may be a, a hail event. As I said, mm. so many impacts on our everyday existence. But it's how over a period of time, if you're not reacting or coming back to your what we call usual self, when that behavioural change is for a prolonged period of time, that where you need as an individual or noticing someone else to ask that question, do you feel supported? Do you feel you're getting the help you need? Can I do something for you? So Rosie, can you tell us about some of the training that you provide? So through our program, we provide training across the communities. It's free of charge and we'll feed you when you come along. So there's a myriad of different training from the one-hour rural mines training which is particularly targeted at our agricultural sector, to the calm care training, which is about a three-hour training along with uh, Safe Talk. 
And all of these trainings are around seeing someone's decline and behavioural change and asking a question around suicide. Because if you're wrong, great outcome. If someone goes, no, I'm not thinking about taking my life. But if someone says, yeah, I, I am. I don't know if I'd be comfortable to ask the question, are you thinking about suicide? Because I worry, like, does that then make them think about it? Like, I don't know if I want to bring that up with someone I'm already worried about. Does that make sense? Is that a genuine concern? It's a genuine concern, but a misconception. If someone has it on their mind, you're not going to put that on their agenda. An individual is either thinking about it or they're not. And by you asking them question is showing that you're invested in caring about them as a human. And an individual is going to make up their own mind of what they want to do. It's about how we can navigate assisting that person. So certainly not at any point should anyone feel that you're putting suicide into someone's mind by asking them if they're thinking about it. That's a misconception. Well, that's probably one of the best things I've got out of our chats because it's something I've always worried about, that if someone's already upset, then by talking about those certainly not happy thoughts, does it then make the situation worse? Not at all. I can tell you firsthand I have asked the question of a lot of people, occupational hazard, working in suicide prevention, do, yes. and I've had a myriad of different responses, as you could imagine. I've been pushed on my butt, like a very violent reaction where someone was so shocked that I had asked that question because had their guard so up, they didn't think anyone had noticed. Despite that good outcome. Great outcome. You have to ask a, a very direct question. Are you thinking about this? Yes or no? Are you thinking of taking your life? Be specific because if you ask, oh, you're not thinking about doing something silly, are you? They might be thinking of putting ally on their canola crop. It's very ambiguous. It's really important to know what you're talking about. This is important and I want a definitive answer. And I guess that training goes through that. I have to be honest, I don't know that you're going to get a lot of people that would rather be out in a paddock in for a three-hour training session on it. hundred percent. But in a conversation that we can have over a cup of tea, just like this in 10 minutes, it's about asking the question. You yourself are feeling low. Look in the mirror and ask yourself, how am I tracking? Where am I at? With all of the impacts that are going on around me right now, what do I need to be the best version of me? to keep going in a good direction. Being a good mate is only part of it. We have to be really kind to ourselves as well and be realistic about what our needs are as an individual. That's right. We have to look after ourselves to be yep. able to look after each other. Time is precious. And like you said, some of the training we offer is two-day training, like the standard mental health first aid and youth mental health first aid. That's particularly targeted for professionals in the field as mm -hmm. well. If we can assist Everyone, if everyone's having a conversation about, hey, how are you going? How are you tracking? What's going on? It's just part of everyday conversation. What's the footy score? Did you see the cricket? Yeah, I agree. And it's just part of this is what it is. And if someone's not tracking well, let's hook in and give them some assistance. And I think you're certainly doing this locally. Like you've done such an amazing job here to bring it. We're all aware of it, but it wasn't something we're comfortable talking about. But we first got talking about this at a soil pits and kits workshop and you just supplied the mugs, thankfully, because I forgot them. <laughs> you know, just bringing all your goodies and getting up there and having a chat to a room full of farmers who were there to talk about soil health. And I think you probably spoke for two, three minutes, but I know it changed a few people's lives in that room that day just by the conversation being something we're happy to talk about 
every day. And that's it. We're not there to harp on and bang on for hours on end. It's about ideally in the real world placing a face to a name, to a service, so that you know I've got a connection. Mm-hmm. And if I know or I come across or I feel like I need help, I know I've got a point of call. And sometimes, like anything, that person may not be available, so to understand what other services and resources are available so that at whatever moment in time where you feel that need to make a connection, you know where to go. And I think that's really important. Even if there are people who aren't comfortable telling you what's wrong, they can at least, oh, I'll give Ros a call or drop in. And there's some things that you may not want to talk to a woman about. That's okay. And again, it's about finding, okay, you're not my person, but can you connect me to someone who is? And again, it's hard to articulate that. So we all need to be patient and just be kind. So what about our reaction when someone's not okay? When you're in that moment and you're concerned for that person and you say, are you thinking about taking your life? And they say, yes, I am, that you don't freak out. Be genuine. Tell them, I'm really worried for you right now and I'm really overwhelmed by this situation and I can't imagine what this must be like for you. Be really honest with how you're feeling but know that through the things we've spoken about, talk, you know there's the GP, you know there's the mental health helpline, call Lifeline 13 11 14. Make sure that you can be calm, assure them that there is help available and you can be part of that process to assist them to getting a medical service provided to them. What if you're not comfortable with being part of that service? That's completely okay. But as a good human, you're not just going to leave them and run. And ideally, if you're fortunate enough to be somewhere where you have mobile service, you could make that phone call together. Say, oh, this is bigger than both of us and let's have a chat to someone who can navigate us to who we can connect with. Are you okay with that? If they're not okay with that, you can leave that number or in your conversation say, look, I really think you should talk to someone. At the end of the day, we can't make someone do something. But if someone has a plan, that's bigger than us as well. But if, like you said, you ask someone if they're thinking about taking their life or harming themselves and they say yes, talk to them about who they think they could talk to or what medical service you could connect them with. And that's enough. We're not clinicians. We're not paramedics. That's not our role. But as a good human, we can make a connection for them with a health service that can assist them. And how does someone get in contact with your unit if they wanted training or if someone wanted to talk to you about an individual or training, do they call you guys directly? Yeah, they can call Western Plains Regional Development on Mm 02689533301 and ask for Roz. And yeah, more than happy to help. And now tell me what's on for the rest of the day. Oh, well, we're shearing. James is over there. And yes, I am actually heading to Melbourne to do some training. So yeah, we'll meet up again at the end of the weekend. Thanks so much for your time today, Rosie. Thanks so much. If you need support for your mental health, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 or the Mental Health Hotline on 1800 011 Thanks for listening. This podcast was brought to you by Central West Local Land Services. Local Land Services delivers advice and support to farmers, landholders and the community across New South Wales. 
To learn more, you can find us online by searching for Central West Local Land Services. If you'd like more information about the topics we discussed today, as well as links to relevant articles, fact sheets, events and other helpful resources, we've added those into the show notes for this episode. You can find them by tapping or swiping over the cover art in your podcast player now. Hey, and while you're there, please leave us a five-star review. It really helps other farmers find the show. I'm your host, Narrowly Brennan, and I'll chat to you next time. <laughs>